Hour number two of Sports Talk begins. I'm John Wilson with Jimmy Hyams. And we now head to the Stanley Fencing and Gates hotline as the spotlight shines on our own Vince Ferrara. He joins us for this next hour of the program. And to join us, 656-9900-656-9900. Star 990 is free for AT&T and U.S. Cellular customers. The toll-free number, 1-866-656-9900. Vince's appearance brought to you by our good friends at Waters Equipment. We sure do appreciate them and the wonderful job they're ready to do for you. But Vince... No doubt about it, things continue to uh, to swirl about Big Orange Country. And while you were on the air with Jimmy yesterday, when all of the conversation started, um, what has stood out to you in the time you have been off the air in terms of anything that's come to light, anything you've come across or heard? Well, good to be on with you guys. Welcome back, John. Thank I'd you. I'd say the mixed reaction to what people heard. I mean, I've heard compliments about... Uh, Chancellor Plowman, I've heard people say how ridiculous this thing is, how ridiculous this thing was, uh, and obviously a lot of names and suggestions being thrown around as well. So in typical UT fan base fashion, we're kind of all over the place. Like there's not a consensus now. A lot of people would say the consensus was they were ready to move on from Jeremy Pruitt. So maybe that would be the closest thing to it. Maybe the end of the Butch Jones era, that, that was close to a consensus. But oftentimes there is a wide range of opinions on what people want. I mean, some people want the someone with a Tennessee background. Other other people, you know, want Hugh Freeze. Other people say, no, you can't do Hugh Freeze. And you got Lane Kiffin on the rock. And other people say, no, he started this mess and you can't go down that road. So there's just opinions all over the place on this. So I think yesterday's press conference and, and the news that maybe – wasn't shocking to a lot of people the way it was playing out still ended in a wide range of opinions coming off of it from what was said and what people want the university to do moving forward let's go ahead and get a call from jim who joins us hello jim how are you hey good afternoon guys good afternoon you know you know after listening to uh, the events of yesterday i was trying to in my own mind, put in perspective what this was for Tennessee football. You know, I, th- I think the... Embarrassing? The sta- I'm sorry? Embarrassing? Embarrassing. I-, I think the saddest day in Tennessee football was in 1965 when three coaches were killed in an automobile train collision, including Bill Majors. Uh, yesterday, I think, is one of the darkest days uh because it's it's not just the horrible on the field performance but it's just uh our, our worst nightmare and we don't even know how bad this worst nightmare is in terms of the off the field and and what that is going to uh represent in terms of the hole that we are in and how much deeper that hole is going to going to be in yesterday at the press conference i was disappointed in coach fulmer's opening comments because i did not expect or i did not want to hear any praise for jeremy 
Pruitt's recruiting ability or any such stuff. I was hope I was hoping Coach Fulmer would talk about how disappointed he was uh, of of the events and how disappointed he was not only of on the field performance but of of all these other awful things off the field and did not hear any of that. And I that was such an awkward. Uh, thing for me to listen to and I think a lot of people felt that way way too my question for you guys is this when you look at how the NCAA or how schools handle um, irregularities in their program in dealings with the NCAA they either try to cooperate with them and and find stuff and here you know lay it out for the NCAA or they fight them. You you look at the scandal at North Carolina with those phony classes, and it, it didn't seem to hurt North Carolina very much because North Carolina fought the NCAA. But recently, Missouri certainly tried to cooperate with the NCAA, and the NCAA just kind of slapped them down uh, kind of harshly. Mm-hmm. So what, what what's your thought process in... The fact that we've—you uh, rarely see a school <laughs> just just absolutely go to the degree that that Tennessee's administration went to, as far as laying plenty of the dirty laundry out there for the NCAA, and and I don't, I don't know if that's going to help us or not. But what what's your thought on the two schools of how different schools handle these kind of things? To me, it's like targeting. I don't know what it is anymore. Vince? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. And I, I think people have, have noted that and taken uh, note of that around the league that, wow, t- Tennessee, I mean, they're just basically throwing this all this out there uh, and saying we did all this stuff that's really bad. And even if they weren't specific – when normally you see people saying, I don't know what you're talking about. We got to dig into this deeper and then taking that road. And as Jim pointed out there with Missouri, and I'm sure there's other cases where the schools are, are trying to get ahead of the punishment and show how cooperative they are with the NCAA and helping them out. And it hasn't paid dividends at all or saved their backside at all. So there really isn't that incentive to do that other than from a PR standpoint, trying to show and and separate yourself uh, from what just happened and then get into the the integrity aspect that they spent a lot of time discussing yesterday and say, these things are not us. Um, it was it was a different approach. I, I don't know if it results in any less punishment, though. And, and Jim, something else you said, I do agree with you in, in terms of Philip Fulmer. But he was asked about the Pruitt tenure, and he talked about what a mess the program was when they started. I mean, people don't want to hear that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, of course, of course, it, it was a mess. It's typically a mess when you have to bring in a new coach. So the spin started there, and then, you know, he talked about relationships and recruiting, outstanding young men, uh, lots of good things that, that have happened, 
uh, very unfortunate. He did say he he was uh, previously he had said that he's deeply sorry for what happened. But I, that, I don't think that was the time to kind of spin a positive into a coach that didn't work out and is blown up in your face with results and NCAA violations. And, you know, they, they also really talked up Philip Fulmer. Jimmy kind of alluded to it, I think, at the end of the last hour. I don't know if that's really the right setting for heaping over-the-top praise on Philip Fulmer. Yes, he's done a lot for the university, but... This is about a a coach that was hired and all these violations that were broken. I, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't know that that was really when it was best to say we, you know, this is all, uh, you know, Philip Fulmer's totally separated. It, it's he didn't have to know about it, but he still hired Jeremy Pruitt, so there's still some responsibility there. Um, I'm not saying he had anything that he was involved with it, but still, that whether he was a tough hire or not, he was still the one who put him in play. So um, it's a little bit of a factor. So, uh, but yeah, I, I think those are a couple of things that stood out to me, and, uh, and just their approach was a very different one, Jim, that stood out for sure. Yeah, and with the way that the NCAA has reacted, it it looks like if, if you are going to put your head in the sand and take the North Carolina approach. They still haven't been penalized as much as they should have been for what was going on to the degree it was going on in Chapel Hill. And as you highlighted yourself, uh, Jim, with what happened to Missouri, I mean, they were very upfront. Uh, They were proactive in terms of what they brought to the NCAA with the hopes of getting a lenient lenient penalty when all was said and done. And and that, of course, didn't happen. And, uh, And so, Jimmy, you were talking about Doug Dickey. He always had the approach, and, and you covered uh, some major scandals in terms of phone fraud and uh, academic different things like that, mm-hmm. that he said, what do we got? Let's take what we have and show our hand to the NCAA and go from there. And, and I do think that Tennessee was able to mitigate some very serious punishments with how cooperative they were. But that was then, and I, I don't think there's a landscape that tells you what is the best approach. Because if you dig in and fight, we've seen one result be far better than it should have been. And then yeah. another, they probably should have gotten a little more credit for how cooperative they were. Even though there were some serious things going on, they didn't hide from it and they they addressed it as best they could so it really is hard to get a feel for exactly what the best approach should be but if you can just say we came to you with this then i think you're starting on the right foot well and i think that situation in north carolina where they said well we offer those crip courses to anybody okay then why don't you just on official visits just pay everybody that comes on campus yeah Hey, we paid everybody. Yeah. Doesn't count. <laughs> I mean, how dumb is that? So I, I thought that was a weak reasoning that they let in, in North Carolina off the hook. Well, guys, I appreciate your thoughts on it. It's, it's a real difficult time for all, all all of us who love Tennessee football. And, um, Jimmy, I think you said it earlier, uh, it's a matter of finding the right people. And I still have hope that we can do that. Now we're looking to find a couple of right people, meaning the yeah. coach uh, and an and a athletic director. So they're out there someplace. It's a matter of hoping to find them, and I, and I hope we can do that. Guys, have a good afternoon. Thanks a lot. You too, Jim. Thank you very much. Let's go next to Nick. You're on Sports Talk. Hello, Nick. How's it going, John, Jimmy, and Vince? Doing all right. Thank you for hanging with us. Good, Nick. 
Well, I just got a it, a little observation and then a question. Uh, for the first time since I was about seven years old, Tennessee will escape a coach buyout if everything stays as is, unless Coach Pruitt and uh, his attorney, you know, get some form of a buyout. Uh, of course, that's referencing when Lane Kiffin dropped us in the middle of the night. So my question to you is, I, if I understand correctly, Bush Jones will be paid off, I think, sometime this year. This month. And then, Coach, I think. This mm-hmm. month. Okay. And then uh, if we can escape giving Jeremy Pruitt any sort of money, uh, if we can escape giving, yeah, yeah, giving him any money. <laughs> Nick, you with us? Sorry, I think I lost connection there. Y'all got me now? Yes, we do. Okay, sorry about that. I'm Anyway, how much money do you think the University of Tennessee would be able to spend on a coach? You, you think that we'd be able to put up a lot more money than we've I guess, uh, proposed in the past, or do you think we'll just kind of shy away since we're kind of uh, in shambles right now? Or, you know, my pick, I, I think we ought to bring Hugh to the hill. Uh, if we could just give him the right amount of cash at the big dollars. <laughs> All right. Okay. We, uh... I'm, I'm going to laugh at that suggestion, too. Right. <laughs> Not gonna happen. No, you can't. You can't fire a coach for cause for breaking NCAA violations, and then go hire a coach who was fired in part because of NCAA violations, and they were well documented. You can't do that. That makes no sense. Now he was alluding to, I think, and Vince, you can touch on this, but he was alluding to, are we willing to pay the money to get a coach? They offered John many years ago thirty million dollars over five or six years. They offered Gundy over five million dollars. They're willing to pay the price to get the coach, if they, but the coach won't come. So if you if you get it down to Dooley, are you going to pay him $5 million? Of course not. You shouldn't have paid him $2 million. But they're paying the market value for the coach they end up with. They have not shied away from offering big money to certain big-name coaches. They just haven't been able to hire them. So this narrative that Tennessee always wants to go on the cheap, I disagree with. Vince, your thoughts? I, I don't – I disagree as well i don't think that right now is the normal uh judgment of what they're going to be able to pay for coaches because Mm -hmm. you're you're in such a terrible situation you don't have leverage right now and if you do want to give some somebody that's looking for more assurance uh you know longer tenure things like that you're gonna have to pay a lot more longer term contracts maybe bigger buyout to try to get someone that has some might have some hesitation to come to your school because of all the circumstances. Who knows if that's the case with the, the AD position as well. And then what do you do so if we're talking about money spent? What about, as you guys were talking about in the first hour, with Kevin Steele uh, with those contracts? Okay, maybe they give him the ability to fill out his staff. Well, who's going to come here? You're gonna to have to get, you're gonna to have to overpay or longer term contracts unless you get young up and comers just to fill the spots for the sake of filling the spots. And then when you hire a coach, if Steele stays as the acting head coach through this year, and you got to start all over again, 
then you got to get rid of those deals because you're likely not going to have anyone come here for on a one year. Uh, so you're going to have you're going to have all that hanging over you. Plus, there's any staff that you part ways with that doesn't stay. Now, if Steel does want to make changes, not just fill the open spots, but make other changes, then you're you're going to have to pay out those guys as well. Uh, Jimmy Brumbaugh's deal is still out there that they're having. Right. They're going to have to clean up. Um, so there's just a lot more at, uh, on the table than just that, and and so it's just it, it's and then another thing with the with the whole buyout with previous coaches or with Pruitt, uh, they're saying now that they're not going to pay because it's a firing for cause, but no one realistically thinks they're going to end up not paying anything to Jeremy Pruitt. It's a matter of what, as Jimmy, you noted in your blog uh, that's on 991thesportsanimal.com uh, right now about the, the the Dallas firm that he is uh, he's hired to try to fight this. That that number is not going to stay at zero, and it's not going to be at 12.6 you don't expect. It's going to get negotiated and somewhere in the middle. So Tennessee's not going to get scot-free. There's still going to be some even if they get off cheaper than they would have had he been fired without costs. That's Vince Ferrara. His appearance brought to you by uh, our good friends at Waters Equipment. And we'll be back with more as you listen to Sports Talk on 99.1 The Sports Animal. From the Budweiser Studios of The Sports Animal. I love being a father, but there are a few things I miss. Silence. The absence of noise. We are 99.1 The Sports Animal. Sports Talk rolls on. Our guest, Vince Ferrara, as he joins us on the Stanley Fencing and Gates Hotline. Vince's appearance brought to you by our good friends at Waters Equipment. We go back to the phones. It's Jacob who's next. Hello, Jacob. Hey, guys. Good afternoon to you. Good afternoon. Thanks for hanging with us. No problem. Guys, as Dundee Plowman said uh, the other day, uh, the origin of this internal investigation came from a tip uh, either inside or outside of the university, but it, it came from a tip and then went from there. Uh, and now here we are. Uh, Pruitt's gone, which, you know, uh, is, a, is what they wanted. And it looks like they're off the hook for his buyout, even though Vince made a good point last segment. In reality, they're probably going to have to pay something. But now... As a result of the internal investigation, there's a pending NCAA investigation, which could lead to a bowl ban and a possible uh, reduction in scholarships, and plus a cloud of an NCAA investigation hanging over you while you're while you're needing to hire an AD and a new football coach that's going to hamper you from getting the best position at both uh, that you normally could. In my opinion, wouldn't they have been better off to go Auburn's route? and just pay the buyout and be done with Pruitt and his coaching staff to avoid an NCAA investigation in, in hindsight? How are you going to avoid the NCAA investigation? You had somebody well, turn you in. So were you going well, to just turn your back on that. it and not do it? Well, I don't but understand I'm, that. I'm assuming that the person that, that turned them in, uh, well, Donnie Plowman said, that this was brought to their attention 
and then because they're they're responsible and they have to turn this stuff over to the NCA, that they turned it over to the NCA and that got them involved. If you fire Pruitt for poor performance for not winning the football games at the end of the year, do you have to turn anything over to the NCA? And get yes. an investigation started? Well, they actually didn't turn it over. They started with an internal probe. So it was after they started the internal investigation and hired a law firm, then they alerted the NCAA. But this occurred, now remember, that this was told to them November the 13th before the end of the season. In fact, that's close to midseason. And then they hired Glazier November the 19th. So you can't just say, okay, we're going to fire Pruitt and then drop this investigation and, and hide it under the rug. No, you can't do that. Not in my opinion. Well, I've heard um, on, on different shows around town, I've heard varying, various uh, explanations. I've heard, like on the Eric Ains show, well, this stuff goes on everywhere. Well, uh, if this stuff goes on everywhere, but this is level one and level two violations, there seems to be a, a disconnect there, right? I mean, if you're staring down the barrel of major violations, you're telling me that major violations occur everywhere? I mean, I, I think that they would have been better suited to go the Auburn route and and just bite the bullet and, and, and pay the coaches on their way out for poor performance. Versus well, just explain you can't do that, Jacob. What, what am I missing and what do you not understand about that? Well, Auburn I, didn't I'm have just, invest. Auburn didn't have anybody turn him in for cheating. So how, 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 I don't understand your comparison to that. Well, what I'm trying to say is, uh, I'm assuming that whoever came to Dundee Plowman uh, wanted Pruitt gone, because I've heard, like on the Sports Source and whatnot, that if he goes nine and two or, or eight and four, this never occurs. This never happened. We don't know that. So do you not think there's any credence to that? Not necessarily. I mean, I know I've heard John speculated say it. that, but uh, not necessarily. Uh, Vince, take it. I mean, I'm, I'm not going get anywhere. You go ahead. Well, I, I think what, what Jacob would you would correct me if I'm wrong. You're saying everybody cheats. So whether whether you have somebody you know, bring something to your attention in-house or not, you just ignore it and you, you fire them and not dig into it. Is that what you're, is that what you're suggesting Jacob? Because you're, you're saying that everybody, uh, everybody cheats. So we might as well not dig into it. Even if it comes across our desk, is that kind of what you mean? Well, no, I mean, maybe I'm, I'm looking at it the wrong way. I'm just, I've heard around town on numerous shows that if Pruitt had been a winner, that if he'd have won eight or nine games this year, that we wouldn't be in this situation. That Tennessee wouldn't have done anything, even if the information had come to light. They would have just whistled past the graveyard and said, we're not going to, we're not going to unseal this. We're not going to pull the top off this can. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, and I'm just looking at it from the perspective, okay, well, they didn't like Pruitt's performance, and they wanted to get out of paying his buyout. So the only way to do that is to fire him with cause. But but if you investigate something to the extent that you fire him with cause, well, now you've got a pending NCAA investigation that may be worse in the long run than just paying his buyout. So 
so Jacob, I think what people that say that this wouldn't be happening if he was eight and two or seven and three or whatever, it, it, they're insinuating that someone on the inside wanted Jeremy Pruitt out based on performance, so they turned it in. And if they would have had the results, then there wouldn't be someone on the inside wanting Pruitt out to put that and and, and submit that to UT to say CCC because they would be winning winning and then they would need to. So that's kind of the I think the gist of what people that are that say that what they mean is no one's gonna bring issue to Pruitt about Pruitt if they're winning they're just going to you know whistle past the graveyard or whatever hey Jacob a quick hypothetical let's say it's Jimmy Brumbaugh who got fired he doesn't care if Pruitt's winning or not he's going to turn him in because he's vindictive and he got fired so it had nothing to do with it so I'm, I'm not saying that's what happened but it's what might have happened mm-hmm. or so another I'm school not, yeah 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 so I'm not I'm not buying all the other conjecture about if Tennessee was eight and two none of this would have come to light Jacob, we always appreciate it. We're late for a break. We'll get that now. Sports Talk continues. Our guest, Vince Ferrara, his appearance brought to you by Waters Equipment on 99.1, the sports animal. This is the home of accurate, factual sports information. Sports Talk with John Wilkerson and Jimmy Himes on 99.1, the sports animal. Sports Talk continues with Jimmy Himes. I'm John Wilkerson. Our guest, Vince Ferrara, as he joins us on the Stanley Fencing and Gates Hotline. A very happy 75th birthday to a Tennessee legend, Tennessee treasure, Dolly Parton. And uh, why don't we go ahead and keep the phone calls coming? It'll be David who joins us next. You're on Sports Talk. Hello, David. Hey, guys. How are we doing? Doing all right. How are you? Uh, good for the, the situation we're in, but not that good, I guess. Right. Uh, Quickly, a uh, couple things. First of all, my son is a Division One Power Five football coach. He's been with three Power Five schools now. A year ago, he was with an SEC school. And I can promise you what Tennessee did, recruiting violations, is going on everywhere. Every single Power 5 school is involved with exactly what they're doing. And if you don't think that, then you're lying to yourself and everybody else. So, you know, whether Pruitt was the right guy or not, what's go- what was going on, I'm, I don't know whether or not he knew anything about it, but I'll bet you, as you guys talked about before, when it's all said and done, they will have to pay him because it'll be hard to prove that he knew anything about it. Second thing is, as far as getting another coach and paying him $10 million, I don't know, whatever, at this point in time at the University of Tennessee and even before this happened, Tennessee does not have a good name among coaches and among the coaching pools especially young coaches, primarily because, first of all, social media now is helping the fan basically run the university and what coaches they want. And when we were in the middle of that coaching search that 
we ended up with Pruitt because no one else wanted it. That's the first thing. People, they want, they get all hung up on this and go, well, why didn't we get this? What? Because they didn't want it. We got a coach that didn't have head coaching experience because he was in, that's the level of coaches that we were looking for that wanted it. Okay. Then in the middle of that whole thing, a group of fans and a couple of local media people got together and got a coach fired before he was ever even officially fired. That scares the crap out of coaches nowadays. So, in my opinion, I'm an alumni. I played Division One football. In my opinion, since they we fired Fulmer, we all know it's been nothing but a screw-up. But once you fired Butch, he at least had the ability to recruit and bring talent into this school. Now, he couldn't manage it. He didn't have the right coaches, all those things. But that we don't find that out, and he didn't find out what he didn't know till he was four or five years into it. That's when a guy figures out whether he knows what he's doing or he don't as he gets talent. Well, now we're back to a depleted talent point and we're going to have NCAA violations on us. So I'm just here to tell you, you can throw 10, 15 million dollars out there. They're not going to come running. That ain't going to happen. We have the biggest mess that we've had in Tennessee football in probably the history of Tennessee football. And one thing Phil Fulmer said in his speech that rang so true and it should have rang true after we fired Butch. He talked about hiring a new AD because the next coach that comes in needs to be here 10 years. Eight to 10 years it's going to take to recover, even know whether or not you got a good coach, because we're not going to get top-level talent. It's not going to come here, especially with sanctions. And we didn't do that when we hired Pruitt. I had no idea whether he was going to be the right coach at all. But I said then, we got to give him five, six years before we even know. Well, after two years into it, he runs into some problems. And the biggest problem is, in my opinion, his quarterback room was not ready for this season. Whose fault is that? That would go right back to the eight, to the offensive coordinator and the quarterback coach. Well, that means first thing he probably should have done, in my opinion and a number of people's opinion, is clean up that quarterback room and get somebody in there that can get them ready. Same deal with Butch. When he first got here, he brought all this crew that was been with him with Cincinnati and all that. Boom, 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 number of years, they're all gone because he figures out he didn't have SEC Power 5 level coaches that could develop five-star talent. But he could have been the last group might have been. I don't know. Is there a bottom line or a question here, David? Apparently not. My question is, what are you expecting, I guess? Okay. We sure do appreciate it. Vince, what should the expectations be? Well, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say eight to ten years that they they can't compete. Let's see what happens with the AD. Maybe that calms the waters a little bit, depending on who that hire is. Maybe you do get someone that uh, would be a better 
candidate than than the ones that would consider you now considering all the mess that that that's why that move makes sense first but it's a long road back there's no doubt but i I think there's steps along the way that will determine just how long it is and they have to for the first time in a long time make better decisions in in some of these major decisions so the expectations for who the expectations from us from the fan base I think I think Tennessee needs to outperform what the expectations are because the expectations have to be that there are going to be more mistakes and, and the situation is not going to bring you the best candidates. But I think they still have an opportunity to outperform uh, it, those expectations of being a long road back. We'll get a break. We've got one more segment with Vince Ferrara. His appearance brought to you by our good friends at Waters Equipment. This is Sports Talk on 99.1 The Sports Animal. Follow us on Twitter at Sports Radio WNML to keep up with breaking sports news. Now, back to Sports Talk with John Wilkerson and Jimmy Hines on 99.1 The Sports Animal. Final segment to hour number two of Sports Talk. I'm John Wilkerson, Vince Ferrara, our guest. A final segment with him. His appearance brought to you by Waters Equipment. Vince, what can we look forward to Friday on In the Cage? Well, UFC is back. John had a great show on Saturday, another show on Wednesday, and they have their next big pay-per-view with Conor McGregor on Saturday. So we will have a full preview of that card, some comments about Conor McGregor, and then we'll look back on the Saturday and Wednesday shows as well. Tim Loy and I will break it all down Friday night, 8 to 9, here on the Sports Animal in the Cage MMA Radio. Let's get a call from Aaron. You're on Sports Talk. Hello, Aaron. Hey, how you guys doing? Doing well. Thanks for hanging with us. Good. Great. Thanks. First off, I just want to say something uh, in terms of something Jimmy mentioned yesterday. Um, you said that you had heard, you know, basically there was some big news coming out, but you wanted to stop and corroborate that, that source. And I just want to say thank you for doing that because this is such a, a frenzy right now. It's nice to have people actually taking a minute to check with two or three sources before reporting something because obviously that gets the blood pressure going up and down in, in, in various cases. Um, to, to follow up with that, uh, in terms of what Dan Patrick has put out, you're talking about, you know, people getting uh, McDonald's bags with, you know, $100 bills and wads of cash and things like that. That's two times now uh, that that's come out on his show. He also mentioned Georgia. And so I guess one question I have is when you put something out there, which is absolutely egregious and automatically makes us a meme and is probably offensive to McDonald's to boot, what, what do they need to do to back those types of things up? And is there any liability for, for doing those things, particularly when it's coming from one mystery source? So I've just asked that, and then I've got a statement afterwards. <laughs> Well, I mean, I guess the one thing that if if you throw something out there and it proves to be inaccurate in the end, it it could hurt you, whether it be credibility and or listenership, viewership, whatever. But normally that doesn't really happen perhaps as much as you would think. If somebody's popular, then they're going to remain popular, Vince. Yeah, the, uh, there's not really that public accountability. There are plenty of people that put stuff out there that just keep moving, and and there's not anything anything legal or you know anything like that. I guess if you, it's just more of a reputation that you would lose if that happened sure. frequently. But the bigger your popularity, the more the less I think people dock you for that kind of stuff. 
Sure. And, and I'm just bringing that up, too, because it's not just us, right? I mean, that, they, they right. threw George in there as well. And so I think that, you know, that you're swinging a pretty big bat there, and so you better better hit something. Uh, I guess the other thing that I had a question about was, you know, I, I think Jeremy Pruitt's probably a lot of things. People kind of described him as callous or obtuse or hard-headed or, you know, you know, just maybe trying to not necessarily accepting people's help. But I think he's an honest guy. Um, I think that, you know, he – I have a hard time believing that he you know, was completely familiar with what was going on. Obviously, you know, it, you know, he is still responsible. He's the CEO, and that falls at his feet. And I'm not saying that, you know, he, he should not have been fired. But I guess my question is, so you guys actually picked a few things out with the timeline yesterday in terms of, well, this is when we, you know, talked to the search firm and then, you know, there was a little bit of a disconnect when Fulmer mentioned he was maybe retiring. I'm not saying there's a Machiavellian plot here, but some things just don't add up here. And I guess I'm not sure you would want to get into a huge legal battle over this. Uh, and if, considering you have Fulmer up there saying, well, we did good recruiting and, the, you know, the primary topic was NCAA recruiting violations. I'm not sure that's a, a deposition you want to have. So I guess, uh, y'all thoughts do you think he had knowledge of this um and because i i just have a from a character standpoint he may be a bad coach i don't even know you know where to go with that but i don't think he's a bad person and i don't think he would have brought that on himself his reputation his family and i'll i'll, I'll hang up thanks guys thanks aaron vince i mean i think it, I, I i think it's an assumption i think we we don't always know these guys as well as it might seem that way based on press conferences. So I, I, I don't know. Um, the, the bottom line is, is regardless of what his knowledge of things that might've been happening, and it's hard to imagine he did not know, especially when Donnie Plyman was talking about the extent of, of people concealing what was going on. Um, but it's in his contract, as she pointed out, that he is responsible for whether he knows about it or not. So I, I don't morality, what your thoughts on them, on his morals, that still doesn't separate him from his responsibility and his lack of error in making sure that there was that air of compliance in, in, uh, in what was happening throughout the program it's his out it's his responsibility and that's one of the things the risk you take in hiring a first-time head coach is they may not realize the extent of all the ceo and all the responsibilities other than just being a ball coach so um it's still it's still under his watch regardless yeah and i'll just simply say this It, it to me i i think when he took the job he he struck me as somebody who had the same approach as a Nick Saban or a Bill Belichick. And so for me, it would be difficult to think that he wasn't aware. Uh, Might not have had hands-on in terms of anything. That we don't know 100%. But I I just don't see how um, when you you sit in a seat like that, Jimmy, it's just hard for me to believe that you wouldn't have knowledge, just an idea that something under the table was going on. If it is that widespread, the logical conclusion conclusion is he had knowledge. Yeah. Aaron, we do appreciate it. Vince, thank you, as always. And, uh, and we will talk to you again much sooner rather than later. And we look forward to uh, hearing your conversation with Keon Johnson tonight around 640 or so. Yep, that's right. Talented freshman coming off his great game against Vandy. We'll uh, talk to him about the Florida Gators tonight and, uh, and more. So appreciate it. Always great to be on with you guys. That's Vince Ferrara. His appearance brought to you by Waters Equipment.